0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the SC Report. We were missing last weekend, work got the better of us, but uh, it's Wen in here and I'm joined by JT, who's had a couple of weeks off, but welcome
1: back, son. Thanks, mate. Good to be back. Uh, I don't know who's still uh, listening to my advice. You seem to be and you blame me for every bad decision you've made, but nonetheless, we're here. We're on the the home stretch now, really.
0: We are. And I was going to pull up a text message exchange that we had just before kickoff (laughs) last Thursday, well, my question to to uh, JT was, do I trade Devanga out or not? He goes, yes, trade him. His uncle is he's his ankle is stuffed. He's no good. His uncle's no good either. Sorry, Uncle Devanga. <laughs> <laughs> that's just an, a brief example of all of your advice. But who season. are you trading
1: in? For Tavanga, Let's go. Let's go to that. Because no one is ever gonna suspect that Billy Army Kickout needed a mid-game toilet break. You need to go to the shoot for thirty is that, minutes. Is that not the most hilarious excuse? And we just watched a little replay of that before. Him basically you can feel the pain in his like clenching. Yeah, it was basically. you could see the clench. The <laughs> clench was there for about 20 minutes. And I tell you what, if he actually played the full 80 against that Titan side he was tonning up. But that's super coach, mate. That's luck. What'd it is. Mean? So I've got a huge podcast tonight. Um
0: We've got Team News um, is a huge edition of the Unpopular Opinion of the Week. Um, There's something that I've been um, a bit annoyed about, I know JT has, and we're going to spend a little bit of time on that today. And then we're going to finish off with the two-minute drill and your fired. so don't miss out on them. The two-minute drill is packed with all of your Twitter questions, and then your fired segment is basically where JT and I run through who we are going to be firing and bringing into our side um, this week. And please don't forget to leave us a review or subscribe to the podcast. It just uh, every episode will just enter into your feed and just a lot easier. And JT, I believe that you've got a public service
1: announcement as well. I do. So this is a little trick that I've picked up. Uh, the NRL Roast Instagram page uh, had a couple of videos up recently where they slowed down some of the commentary of and Astor and Mark Gasnier. Absolutely hilarious stuff. But PSA. If you listen to the Nick solo pod on full speed you're doing yourself a disservice. Slow that bad boy down to 0.5 on Spotify. That bloke sounds more drunk than any old codge you've ever met in your life down at the local there. It's all what? those rums and it just comes to the fore. What? Absolutely brilliant. Mate, I haven't I haven't heard that and and I think
0: we've got to just play it right now just to see what it's like. This is and how do we get it down? So it have to be on on a on a half? Yeah. Oh, that's, all right, let's let's skip to it. Cold,
1: but very very <laughs> sunny, which is good. And yes, bro, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to watching <laughs> this and tonight and seeing how it all shakes out. <laughs> oh, you everyone out there oh, is absolutely the welcome. And the uh, podcast is only like five <laughs> minutes these days, so it will take you no time at all one other thing oh, slamming the hands on the desk one last thing as well a little shout out to our twitter page so if you go on there we've popped up we've uh, joined the the latest fad coming out and we've popped up a little photo of us aged about probably five years ten years by time knowing our current work positions but go on there and pete my mate from magic Round at suncorp stadium popped up a little thing there we were asking for questions on twitter and he's gone what do you rate the blokes mullet in the background there Fantastic question, mate! Absolutely, of ten. eleven out of ten. If that bloke is a listener, hope you are, mate. Go onto our Twitter. If that's you, please reveal yourself. You've got one of the best mullets I've ever seen in my life. Yep. Shout out, Ippy Cup Twenty Nineteen. <laughs> and without further ado, mate, let's uh, let's jump straight into the podcast with Train.
0: So JT, as you did allude to at the uh, the start of the
1: podcast, you haven't been going too well. No, oh, it's a write-off, absolute write-off this year, but I've always been a head-to-head player, I've always, oh, I've bullshit. never said anything otherwise, bullshit. but head-to-head, uh, true and true. But no, I'm doing, shockingly, very up and down the last few weeks, so I'm in the top three, I'm out of the top five, found myself five hundred thousand four hundred and sixty In the top three? Top 3,000? Oh, don't. <laughs> if, if listeners from the first podcast we did this year will remember, I was top 500. It yep. has all been downhill by there. Don't give an early crow. So where right? are you now? Exactly. You're 5,463. Enough yeah. week. That was the first week in about a month that I've actually hit over 1,000. Well,
0: I think what I was saying at the start about not taking JT's advice mm. around supercoaches, um, very true. Thankfully, I haven't been for a lot of the season and still sitting in the top 1,781, which I thought that I was doing quite well, but not as well as our mate at the Supercoach Champions podcast, Guy or Bear, as he is affectionately known. He's just outside of the top 100, so huge shout out to him. Well done. And just to touch on the stake bet there, JT, how's that looking?
1: Did we have a stake bet? Yeah, just no I don't, I, don't well, your or... I don't think we had it in writing but yeah so it's the uh, the flops versus the champs so they're currently sitting 38k basically in points and we're 37.3 so I think I worked it out using my highly advanced mathematical skills we need to average about 100 more than them for the yeah. remainder of the season. Well, you're averaging a, you're averaging
0: about a negative 100 I am versus Jew, mate. I'm Jew <laughs> in this
1: game it's all about momentum.
0: You are okay that is it for around the grounds let's check out what's happening in the news.
1: This is
0: the news. So I can't remember this season where there's been so many ins and outs um, for the teams. There was obviously a lot of players rested last week and a few players injured that are only just returning as well. So we're just quickly going to run through some of the key ins and outs and then also some of the doubtful players and then finish off with some other news which is floating around, particularly around some early mail. In the, the inns, Tom Trevojevich, James Sadesco, and Caelan Ponga headlined that three huge inclusions for teams and also our super coach sides. All three of those look like they're going to be lining up this weekend. Nathan Cleary is the next interesting name there. He's all but confirmed. Came out today to say that effectively he could have played in the last Origin game, so expect him to line up for Penrith. And then the last player there of notes as an inclusion for us Uh, is matt moylan and particularly if you do if you are a cameron munster owner some people are going to be relying on uh, matt moylan to to
1: carry to carry the load at five eight Mm. yeah unfortunate timing there for for munster owners Susie he's facing the bloody titans of all weeks you don't want your star five eight being rested it's this one but that's super coach eh? so he's the key out isn't he Munster is, yeah, you've also, I think they've also lost Josh Adokar, there off the wing which means that uh, one of my nuffs from earlier, Shandor Earl, Shandor. is, uh, is uh, getting a run among many other nuffs that aren't quite nothing, um, but yeah so you'd still imagine this storm will absolutely rack up a score there, and I've, I've still got Jerome Hughes in my side yep. so he was a bit of a flop for me the last couple of rounds, but you can't not play those sort of guys this week, no. um, so I'm keeping him around, um, yep. but yeah huge out, unfortunate for Munster owners
0: yeah, and there are a lot of other outs there too, but none really um, too much of Super Coach. Josh relevance. Dugan got
1: injured, surprisingly. He's
0: out. He is, but I think it was proven. I think our boy Tommy Sangster actually replied to say that he's he's actually been a little bit more durable than what people give him credit for. So there you go. Sorry, Dukes. Um And then doubtful Sean Johnson uh, and also Paul Gallon, they've traveled to New Zealand um, but uh, I think Johnson has to pass a test, fitness test. Matt Morland is also there as well. And then Kem Malmalo failed a HIA last weekend. So with anything around the or with uh, concussion these days, there's always a little bit of risk that he might not play. Uh, and I think they, what, what game, is that the Friday night game? Saturday. Saturday uh, game. So a little bit more time. However, we saw um, TKO miss out after having a, um, a concussion as well. So, We'll just wait and see that. JT, what else is happening
1: around the traps today? So there's a, a little bit of news out that Sam Burgess is gonna be gone for a little bit longer uh, than we thought. Some complications there with um, some of the surgery that he's had, so had a tube inserted into his heart or something, sounds very serious, but out indefinitely is the news coming out there. So. Uh, A few people have held on to him, um, hoping that he wouldn't be gone too long, had that break around some of the buy and rep rounds. But, yeah, unfortunate news for Sam there. Um, Big news coming out of the weekend, I guess, is that Garth Brennan's uh, been moved on by the Titans, that poison chalice that is their coaching spot. So, who knows what what Titan side's going to show up. Um, I don't think there's many of Supercoach relevance still there. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, this is the... Post coach sacking round for them though, so maybe we've just talked about how much the Storm are going to rack up a score, but maybe this is the round the Titans actually show up. It is the Titans and they are playing Melbourne in Melbourne. Case closed. It's not Melbourne though; it is the t- it is the Gold
0: Coast. All right, but yeah, so home ground advantage. So, well, it makes sense why they wouldn't want to travel half their team, I guess.
1: And I actually just made a mistake earlier. So it's the Warriors Sharks game is the is the Friday night game. Thought you so. were right. Give you credit. My bad. Thank you. Uh, so good news for their for Marlowe, and it's early in the week. Uh, yeah, other news, JWH was cleared last night at the judiciary, so I think they ruled that it was grub on grub. Did you against... just want to say that because
0: you didn't want to have a crack at pronouncing the whole name?
1: Jared Wairea, uh, uh, I'm sorry, sorry to our, our boy <laughs> Anton, he's going to crucify us. But You're not French. JWH, J- I don't know, <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of vowels in there, um, but anyway, he was cleared last night at the judiciary, he was looking at a couple of rounds out for a, a nasty little headbutt on Maguire. But yeah. I think uh, given the player he did it to is not well-liked around the traps, that's probably explains why he's playing this week. So interesting there what happens with um, TKO. Um, given Hargraves obviously eats up quite a few minutes in the middle of the field there, and uh, now you've got to worry about Jake Friend being back yeah. and, and all that. So we'll get into TKO a bit later, but uh, I think bigger news than many would uh, suspect that
0: outcome. Potentially. And also some minor news of the Broncos uh, reports today that says that Alex Glenn might move into the centres, which we'll see um, Herbie Farnsworth dropping out of the side, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is good for the people that brought him in as enough, although he's one of the most traded-in players this weekend. Uh, and then that would also mean that David Fafita comes into the starting side too.
1: What are people trading him in for? Do, Do, people
0: still going for cheapies. Oh, is 150,000 people play uh, supercoach, mate. There's mm-hmm. probably, you know... About 10,000 people listening to this podcast, so... we you're giving us way too much credit. They've turned <laughs> off early. Uh, what else we got, so... That's about it, mate. I think, I think we've covered everything because we we discussed them as part of the team news. So uh, as of today, that's I think that's all of
1: the news. I'm in a bit of a shout outy mood, so one last one here before you cut me off. But Jared Croker over the weekend became the Raiders' top-ever try-scorer with 121 and many more to come. Just want to give a quick shout-out to the time that I met Jared... And Sam Williams post our work function ball last year. So to set the scene, it's the week after he does his knee against the Cowboys. What he's doing in Brisbane, I have I hope, no idea. I hope the Canberra officials know about it. <laughs> I think they were all there. This is but, an alleged incident, though. As well. uh, it's coming straight from the horse's mouth and eyes here. But so anyway, we're obviously so uh, good friend of ours, Will Shocky. He's uh, there with me and we're just fangirling out. Alleged friend. We're just fangirling out because we've seen these two absolute NRL superstars, especially Sam Williams in the corner there. So we go over to them and ask for a photo, and they're all they're lovely blokes. they were more than happy to do it, whatever. A uh, little later on in the night, our colleagues come over, and, and a girl there, fresh starter, said, "Oh, I love I love Jared Croak. He's a man. Let's go get let's get him over again." And thought, "Oh, we don't want to annoy him, so you go do it yourself." So anyway, he's there, knee brace and all, and she's bringing beckoning him, him over and bring him there. And then one thing leads to another, I don't know what happens, but she somehow trips this poor bloke up. So he's just done his ACL or some horrible injury to his knee and he's hobbling all around. She trips him. He stacks in front of my very eyes. I'm looking down at him. He's looking up at me. He's got fear in his eyes. I'm thinking his career has gone. And all because this girl we work with wants a selfie. Thank God he managed to collect himself, still take the selfie with us. I think we had three or four by the end of the night. Sorry, Jared. And uh, played on to become the Raiders' top ever try scorer. So thought his career was done. Congratulations. Yeah, that, that grad is no longer working here and for good reason. So well done, Jared. So we're going to move away a little bit from the normal
0: uh, unpopular opinion of the week in this week's podcast and just focus on um, something that it does cause quite a bit of angst, JT, amongst the Supercoach community and something that I guess that I've been sitting on the sidelines a little bit over the past few years and watching. And I feel very sorry for the likes of Tom Sangster and the other Daily Telegraph guys at it on social media um, when there are errors or subjectivity or controversial decisions given in the point scoring of to players over the weekend. And we saw it again this weekend. Um, and it was probably for the first time that I, I basically caught the brunt of all of it because I had all of my players there. So I, maybe it's, yes, I'm, I'm taking this a little bit personally, but it's more so because I, was, I actually watched all the games and I just saw that and said, that should be that, that should be that, and that should be that. So when it wasn't paid, I was like, hang on, this doesn't make any sense. So what I'm referring to there is the non-awarding of Kikau's line-break assist, the no-line break for Tamalolo, the no-line break assist for Masters, and then the error at the end of the round where Kotri got sent off, except his points didn't get deducted until after lockout. Um, so I've just shown you the Kikau one, and, and I know that you agree and you can say it, but it, it, to me, it looked like a blatant line-break assist.
1: Um, I don't understand how he didn't get it. No, clear cut. Um, everyone moves on. Everyone's happy if you just award it to him. It was just, I, th- I think, obvious. So
0: these errors just seem to be, or not errors, sorry. These these controversies seem to be, to me, increasing um over the years. And as a passionate Supercoach fan, you know, I, I give a lot of my personal time. I know you do, JT, to this game. And um, we're all very have very busy lives, and there's only so much of um, our disposable time that we can give and. Um, and it is very frustrating when um, there seems to be a, a blatant issue happening within the game. that They just can't get the scoring right. Uh, and the process around how they review, audit, or just be transparent with how the, the scoring is rolled out over the weekend. So the issues that I pointed out in round 17 can be broken down into two categories. The first being uh and blatant error and i'm not going to cover that too much people make mistakes so let's just accept that the second one is the judgmental and subjective calls now personally i think that the supercoach brains trust has just tried to overcomplicate the game by awarding these stats such as line break assist and try assist and um some of these other ones that are just you know what they're making the job of the scorers and the stats guys really difficult Uh, I know they're trying to differentiate themselves from NRL fantasy, and that's fine. That's great. That's what AFL Supercoach does. They use a scaling system. They've got champion data um, that, you know, they get... You you couldn't couldn't even watch a game and jot down all the stats yourself and award it. However, it's done in such a way that everyone understands, it's transparent, and it's well-explained.
1: You mentioned they they have a Twitter account or something that... Gives you live updates and explains exactly why things are being awarded. Well, points. they do.
0: They've got a um, they've got fantasy freako who will explain in a, and articulate very well why X player has been awarded points. There's been a couple of times this year where a player has earned points while they've been on the bench, and that's all to do with the scaling system and, and how valuable that they, they um,
1: their performance was to the team's win. That's example. that's incredible to hear because we have no idea who does the scoring in this game. We have no idea who it is, why they're making the calls, what they're doing. The only people that are ever accountable for it are, as we said, poor Tom Sankster and the rest of them who have to front up to the barrage of criticism that they cop, unfoundedly, but they're the only outlet that people have.
0: I thought what we'd do, and this is going to be a rant, and... I'm sorry, but this is we've got. We're lucky enough to have a voice, and this is just what we're going to spend for the next couple of minutes to say. And, and you know, it might fall on deaf ears; nothing will happen. But so be it. There's a few issues that we'll outline, but we've also got some solutions as well, and we'll hope that people are going to be able to listen to those. But we've spoken about the over overcomplicating of the game. Secondly, there's just a complete lack of transparency, and we have also covered that. And in, and. In, that no one on social media, no one at all, has come out and explaining why something happened, why it's been awarded. And we're going to get to a solution about that a little bit later on. You know, ultimately, we deserve better, and so do the guys at Daily Telegraph. They're, they're, their content's fantastic. I'm a paid subscriber. I love what they do. But ultimately, their brand has been damaged by the issues that are being caused, by these subjective um, and non-transparent scoring that's happening over the weekend. What I want to do, and I know you're going to jump in here, JT, let's just run through and a few of the, I guess I've got three things here that are really annoying me. Um, and, I, and I'm and i happy for you to jump in too. The first thing is the yo-yoing of these live scores over the weekend. That's just unnecessary, unprofessional and it's really the cause of much angst. Just remove this. Just get rid of it. It doesn't serve any purpose. It just pisses
1: people off. i gave the example to you during the week. So you're a casual player. You log in on Sunday night and you see, I've won my head-to-head by, you know, 50 points, whatever it is. And you log in on Tuesday to do your team, thinking all is good. And then you see, oh, all of a sudden I've lost that game by, you know, 20. You know, who's going to understand that? As a casual player... Not a super coach fanatic like us and probably all of our listeners here, you have no idea. So, why, you know, the questions then get asked and it just makes no sense if you're not familiar with the game and how the scoring works, which a lot of people aren't. If you're going to stick with the judgmental
0: uh, or subjective stats, um, award them on the Monday. Only in the live scoring, just have your hit ups, your tackles, your tries, everything that doesn't really require a second review. Just have them there, they're locked in, they do not change. It is what it is. On the Monday, you have your expert panel around is what it says. Mm. Um, And that's where you talk through the try assist and the line break assist and you agree there and then. And then points are awarded on the Monday. Yes, there's going to be some big swings on the Monday, but it's going to stop this yo-yoing because often we've seen scores change up to three times over a weekend, which makes no sense. The next one is that any serious contentious calls that are made there has to be some form of elaboration or a discussion from a representative of the game after lockout. So what I mean by this is similar to how Graham Annesley deals with questionable refereeing calls on a Monday, um, You know, this would be something that maybe Tom could do or someone else could do is a short video um, that would go, okay, these are the top three contentious calls in the week and this is why this try assist was awarded, this is why this line break assist was awarded. This will not only prove the transparency, but also educate the average punter as to what actually meets the definition of say a triacist. And I believe that this would largely eradicate the frustration. People might be annoyed initially that they've lost points, but then if someone comes out and clearly articulates that and is consistent about it, then people don't really have too much to
1: complain about. Yeah. Now, as you're saying that, I'm thinking back to the, the time that they introduced the video referees or the bunkers, as they're now known, actually articulating what their thought process is in terms of giving a try. It's only a very recent thing that they've started doing. But I I felt like in that time, since they've been able to start saying exactly what their thought process, process is and this is why we're coming to this decision... The whole angst and frustration about some of the decisions that are getting made has sort of disappeared. And it's never going to be perfect, and it won't be perfect with this system. But if you think now, before we just had, we were watching our own replay on the screen. We had no idea what the video ref's thinking. And then all of a sudden, this decision comes out of nowhere. So we have no idea what, how they came to that. Easy fix there was being making them accountable for it by making them articulate it. Easy fix. I agree.
0: Within the game dashboard include example videos of what defines, say, a tri-assist or a line-break assist. Currently, the comments within the TNCs are not acceptable and leave room for complaints. Effectively, there's a, is an out in there that just says these are subjective calls and not everyone might be happy. I mean, I think that's bullshit. Um, and I, I just think that whoever is organising the game is just leaving yourself open to criticism. Have easily... like, What is a line-break? Hmm. what is a line break? Do you have to run through the line? We've had a few explanations this week. Well, if you, do, if you do, then put it there black and white, and then we can't
1: argue about it. Yep. Yep. No, It's not hard. It's just these little things to do. And that's it. And then we all know the rules. We all know how they're applied. When you add subjectivity into it, then that's where these complaints
0: come from. I mean, just harping back on the, the line break, I mean, currently the gap between NRL stats and Supercoach stats for line breaks is just far too high. Sivo and Malmalo presently have close to 50% more line breaks in the Supercoach game than what NRL
1: stats does.
0: Mm. Uh, why?
1: Yeah, you'd imagine that sort of stats pretty, um, should be consistent in how it's viewed across both. Because uh, line breaks are awarded anytime a player scores a try or not off a kick. Um, that's just straightforward. Both platforms do that. So no idea where that sort of discrepancy comes from. But it obviously shows there's a, there's a reason for it. There's, there's something behind there that's not working.
0: So now let's move on to some more extreme suggestions. So we've covered off three that we think, you know, I I think they're quick wins for um, the Supercoach trust just to do. You're keeping your subjectivity ones if you want to do, but just how you're managing the process. Um, Remove these contentious stats. Remove try assist remove line-break assist as they stand, and replace as follows. Keep the try contribution rule, but increase it to six points. That's going to help alleviate any concerns, I believe, between the the um, the halves not being awarded for what they're actually doing and and just making this too um, far uh, favoured towards the forwards. Bring back last touch, but only award four points to it. Introduce the last touch before a line break and award four points to it. Again, you're completely rem- removing any subjectivity. It's black and white. Yep. there's halves hookers and also center wings that are going to benefit from this
1: i mean at the moment a difference between opinion of a scorer there means someone's getting 20 points versus uh, four points and if you're playing everyone's playing for 50 grand right that's that can mean a lot to a lot of people so that sort of decision can't be made lightly
0: The next couple is remove um, h8s and H unders, and replace with points awarded for unmeted so those forwards like a malolo or code that are you know, 150 to 200 metres plus, they're really getting rewarded for that rather than an Aiden Tolman who might make, you know,
1: 20 runs and Mm -hmm. might run five metres. Yeah, so that's the way the NRL fantasy do it. And I think it's probably fair. It's pros and cons, but I think easier for everyone that way.
0: And now we couldn't find anything around the tackle rule. However, JT does seem to remember that there has been a slight change with that where if you are the third man in, you're no longer
1: getting awarded tackle. Well, again, this is because it's not in the rules. So it's just something I've heard along in the the traps that it's the first two players to make contact with the attacker get awarded the the tackle stat and I just personally think that makes it so much more needlessly complex so the score is really slowing it down frame by frame to work out who got a hold of the jersey first like why why not just give it to all three or four tacklers and just like leave it there yeah because if you look you get two players just holding some bloke up that's still making meters someone comes in and, and chops them around the legs and stops that right there how is that player not doing something valuable worth rewarding there that that third man in sort of tackler so i just think if that's causing some of these ups and downs that we're seeing like points here points there then just eliminate it start awarding more for people who are who are tackling just simple it yeah exactly this whole thing is about simplification we're not yep. about adding anything i'm hoping not adding anything more um, into this mix, I think it's just clearing it all up for everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, if the above
0: is not su- acceptable, then just award the try assist, or the line break assist, to whoever passes the, the play of the ball um, before they you know, score the try or the line break. It's what happens in the NBA with with assist. This removes any grey and makes it black and white.
1: People might get pissed off at start, but then there's no complaints to out. It is what it is. Same rules. Everyone's playing by them. Like, yeah, I reckon that. One of the easiest solutions, right there.
0: So we're passionate about this game, but I like others. Uh, you know, we're losing interest through the con- the continual issues and mistakes. Sites such, such as NRL Supercoach Talk, this podcast, and others are effectively providing free promotion for the game, with nothing asked of the Super of Super apart from getting the basics right. Just please look at it and make some well thought through changes. And remember, less is more. All right, JT. Well, after that, I think it's time for some super coach discussion. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's light in the mood, everyone. We got that off our chest. How good's a
0: good rant, eh? How good is it? All right, it's time for the two-minute drill. We've got plenty of questions in here, and we're going to run through these. So, JT, let's start with a question that um, we've had numerous. We've decided to condense it into one. We've got um, Bing and um, Tane Sariavo off Twitter who have come in with um, a couple of questions around the center wings and what to do and who uh, to pick or who to target going forward. So we've condensed it into this. It's hard to go past Mal, Mitchell and Bateman as the top three centre wings, but who's next? And who do you want in your side to rotate through on the
1: run home? So I'll start with you, JT. So we're talking Mal, Mitchell and Bateman, all three. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't be or shouldn't be carrying all three in your side if you can afford it yep so we, we've tossed up you and I were talking earlier in the week about just how close Maru and Bateman have been the last couple of months and you can barely separate them um, in terms of the sides they play in and the attacking uh, prowess of both the base plus power stats they're both sitting above 60 which is absolutely uh, gold for that centre wing position so I'm tossing up between one of them this week but I don't see any reason why I'm not going to be bringing in the other uh, following and so there, I reckon, just lock them in. You can carry them right the way home. Uh, Latrell Mitchell is a bit more of an interesting one. So I think a lot of people picked him up over the buy rounds, which is fair enough. I picked him up last week. Um, he's the sort of guy who I think, along with, um, say, a Mamalo or a Sivo, if you've got those sort of players there, that have the massive ceiling. And they're the ones that you need um, that are going to average you some ridiculous amount if they get going, as Latrell Mitchell did last year. So, um Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. So so locking those three in, who are the fourth and fifth? For me, um, and because I've got him on my side and I've got to show a bit of faith, it's Ken Mamalo. Now, I know he's probably not got the best run in. Um, Everyone's talking about center wings being played on matchups and uh, runs home and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Mamalo's probably not got the best one, but in terms of just general output from a winger, he's he's up there with, with one of the best. So he's always making runs the warriors love going down his side um this is the only thing holding him back and i know his work rate's great and his his base stats and all that are fantastic the only thing i think holding him back is the fact that he's in the warriors side and we all know how they just fall like a, a deck of cards at the back end of the year but i'm backing him in i've just loved what i've seen from him this year it's definitely while he's on the rise he uh, hasn't played this consistently before. So I, I love locking that sort of bloke in as your fourth centre wing in the hope that he goes two or three tries as he's done at stages throughout the year. So uh, run home centre wing for mine, Ma'u, Mitchell, Bateman, and one of either Sivo or Mamalo. So I second mamalo
0: and, and I've had a little bit of a look because I was a little bit concerned about um, the Warriors' run home as well. But did you, did you know that he's averaged 63 points per game against the top eight sides so far this season? And this includes an average of 78 in the two games against the Storm.
1: Two games against the Storm, because that's the week everyone says, no, don't play your players, don't, don't bother. So in fact, he's done that. So I, 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 I just think that I can see a situation where everyone else in the
0: Warriors underperforms and Mamalo still gets through his 20-odd runs a game. Yeah, but this he's always going to
1: do that. But then you know, if he gets the try, or he gets the double, whatever it might be.
0: But that's what I mean. So I, I don't think you can discredit him on the basis of the Warriors yep. run home. Exactly. Um, that doesn't concern me too much. I, I, I think just look at what he did on the weekend. He played fifty minutes, scored forty-five points, one line break, the rest isn't base. Hmm. He's yep. a freak, and he was unlucky not to turn up.
1: Broncos were horrible down that edge. They were was was hor- a sure thing to score. They were, the and it was, yeah.
0: was just very unlucky. So in yeah. addition to him. I um, I like the likes of Sherry and Gutherson. Um, the Eels at Bankwest, it's just magic, and they just score points. And I think he's averaged over 60 points per game in six games there this year. And then Sherry is another upside guy. And um, games at Shark Park, particularly towards the end of the season, there's a couple of games there that I'll be playing him in my starting center wing. So moving on to the next question. This one hurts me, JT. <laughs> Yep. You, you um, might lead. You
1: need you to lead this one. Well, we already brought it up at the start of the podcast, but you traded out Jazz Tabunga last week before his 7,000 tackles over the weekend in 90 minutes. I did. I'm a bit salty. I'm a going. bit salty. But anyway, the, the question's always going to be asked. Uh, people always chase last week's points. Is he still a buy at this stage of the year if you don't already have him? So I guess I'll, I'll lead off. Personally, I don't think he is. Um, that sort of output is just... You cannot keep that up. I don't know, I don't care who you are in this game, but nobody can make 60-plus tackles and make 20-plus, whatever it is, week to week. He is on an absolute tear at the moment because he's been given a shot in the starting side. Yep. We've always known he's got this huge uh, points-per-minute game, but we've never seen it consistently. So he's never had a really long run playing in that, in that outside of Hooker in the starting spot. So personally, I think if you don't already have him, uh, ship's sail unfortunately... Uh, Torhu Harris due back in round 20 as well cast a bit of doubt there and and just overall like it's impossible to see him making anywhere near that output next week after he's this week after he's played 90 last week like that yeah I,
0: I don't know I, I think it's a very tough call to say that there's no chance I, I, He's the kind of guy that I, I think is just going to hog it if he's on the field and just loves getting into it. Mm. Um, he's potentially seriously undervalued under um, 500k. However, if I was a non-owner, which I am, I wouldn't be going out to buy him now. Um, I just think there's too much risk. You've got Harris coming back. You've also got his ankle concerns. And there was also talk that he was going to get substituted last weekend in the 50th minute. He does concede penalties. He does have errors in his game. And he also was the one that slipped off that tackle that led to Payne Haas scoring on the weekend. So um, from a pure stats perspective, it's fantastic. But I think he does some things that might be shitting Kearney off as well. Um, And if anyone's going to be taking him off uh, I believe it's probably going to be him. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's if you if it's particularly with how low trades are at the moment, I'll just if you don't have him, just let him go.
1: Yeah, now now it's all about getting in those absolute we proven guns at this stage of the year. So as as good as Tavang has been, I think you need to be locking in someone that you you know exactly what they're going to be doing for the rest of the year. There's, you can't waste trades at this stage.
0: So James Tedesco had the rest last weekend. Returns this weekend is hereby.
1: Uh, not when I saw his break-even, so apparently it's 130 yeah, something 130-ish. crazy like that, Yeah, which you can always hit. But I say that because a lot of people are... I'm carrying Teddy and RTS currently, so I'm waiting on Turbo. His break-even's obviously a lot lower, but if you're carrying Turbo and RTS, by all means you keep playing RTS until prices sort of level out. Because I think based on what we've seen from RTS, he's still going to get you that 60 or so. He's been a bit up and down, but you know you're sort of going to get that just through hit-ups and his his stepping. It's incredible. So I think wait until Teddy has leveled out a bit. Price, like dollars are so valuable in this game right now. So personally, if I didn't own Teddy, I would be waiting until that break even sorts itself out. Yep, so I agree.
0: I am a non-owner. I will be waiting until next week. Um, the Knights are back to full strength. and they haven't conceded too many points to fullbacks this year. So um, I, I'm expecting to lose maybe about 40K and then be um, at a, a great buy next weekend. He faces the Bulldogs. He could go absolutely ballistic. So um, I will 100% be making that trade of RTS to Teddy unless there's injury or anything else, but that's definitely on the cards. Uh, go 200 this week, Teddy. Do it, son. <laughs> <laughs> Britton Okora has been
1: fantastic in his rookie season, but is it time to sell? uh yes i i say it's time to sell, but it was probably time to sell about a month ago so I got rid of him last week um which i had no no qualms about um he obviously disappointed yet again all he does these days is tackle and he's another interesting one in terms of what we're talking before about the
0: scoring so when I looked at it, he was on twenty six after the end of the game mm. and ended up in forty five
1: yeah, no idea what that was because I don't think he got any attacking. That has to he would have gotten a um, try contribution. So he stood in a tackle and offloaded over the top basketball style to, I think, Aaron Gray maybe to score in the corner. Um, and after that, he yeah, obviously didn't do too much there. He wasn't awarded the try assist, but we won't go back into that, but whatever. Um, but yeah, outside it, like it was his runs at the start of the year that were killing it. Um, so he'd just be busting tackles at will. Just the he was, attack. He was scoring a lot. Like yeah. You always say tries, you can't always count on them every week, which is fair. Um, but in his case, he's just sort of gone off the boil. And it's unsurprising because it's his rookie year. Yeah. And it's very rare to see someone in the forwards carry that right the way through. So yeah, uh, short answer, he's a sell, absolutely. I agree. I sold him
0: last week too and, and not unha- unhappy about it. I don't see him featuring the top five to six center wings for the
1: run home. Name a player or two that you were playing this weekend purely due to their matchup. Mentioned him at the start, Jerome Hughes. So I had him targeted. He was going to be my your five for the week, but by virtue of the fact he's playing the Titans there, and Cam Munster's out, so he should get a bit more ball. Um, keeping him around, so he's probably gone next week, but hoping for one last hurrah from him. So for me, it's going to be Anthony Milford and possibly Katoni
0: Stags. So at Suncorp on Thursday against the Bulldogs, it's what dreams are made of, JT, from Supercoach <laughs> oh, perspective. The, the Dogs have conceded 48 points per game to left centres this year. And with the addition of goal-kicking, Staggs could easily hit 60. And Milford is a legit um, VC option, I think, with the Bulldogs conceding 40, 61 points per game to full-backs this year. And Milford's form, I know you're going you're to hate me saying this, but it's been very good over the past two months. He's actually averaging 60 points per game since Round
1: 9. Yeah, it's a miracle. He's playing all these dud teams at SunCorp and all that. Wasn't he going to ton up every single game? Oh, he's nearly got there, and he's still got <laughs> SunCorp games to come. So, they're the two guys. I, mean, I
0: know you hate me talking about Milford, so
1: that's, that's what, it. Can you just digress? So, uh, got a couple of friends that do a podcast called Sporting Woods. It's fantastic. Check it out. Instead of doing steak bets, they do beer bets, and mm. they, I think they're they're pretty low key. They're like, and they're not a carton. It's like a six pack. So, beer bet for this one, stealing it from Sporting Woods. Thanks, boys. Fear be bet, Milford goes under 50 this week against the Dogs. Done. All right, easy. Locked in. Because you've given away far too much stakes. You are keeping the cattle industry in Queensland alive. <laughs> Thank you for your service, mate, but it's time you... Oh, I'm looking forward to a, a six-pack of Weldwood's dog. Oh, I can't mate. wait you for that 49. Much. If the scorers could continue their subjectivity and just remove any attacking stats from Milford, that would be great. So anyway.
0: Adrian Gomes has asked, who should he pick out of Cleary or DCE, but he uh, cannot afford Moses? So rather than... Um, not discuss Moses. I think we should do so. Let's talk about these three guys together. And you're going to need a run home halfback, JT. Who do you think is the must have if you could afford anybody?
1: Mm. Who is the who is the must own halfback in the run home? Ugh, such a such a tough position to get right because they seem to just be going in. The, there's just momentum behind all three of these guys, so they just throw their big games together in in consecutive weeks, and then you you'll get on them, and then they'll go dud. But for mine, I really like Daily Cherry Evans as a buyer, and I've actually brought him in this week. So was that? I just feel like he's playing in the side where he's the linchpin. So I know, for anybody that's thinking about trading in Daily
0: Cherry, Cherry Evans... Yeah, this is the service I provide. Don't. Do not. Don't. Absolutely do, do not. not.
1: Whoever I say is number three, go for them. But in terms of just general um, stamp on the game and involvement in attack, I feel like DCE has, has more than, say, a Moses more than Cleary, given Cleary sharing the, the reins with, with Maloney. So just given the fact that uh, DC has been through that origin period where he's a bit down in terms of his club land form and he's coming out of it there, Tommy Turbo's due back, uh, the Eagles going to score some points and he's going to be the one directing them around. We saw last week he took it right to the bunnies. Um, he, he had a fantastic game there. Um, I've backed him in. The only downside is that unlike uh, Cleary and Moses, he doesn't goal kick. Um, but I think he would make up for that in terms of just his general involvement in the game. So for mine, um, I'll let you go You go into Cleary, but DC is number one for me. Mate, I can't go past
0: Moses. Ooh. And it's the bank West factor. So he's averaged 83 points per game in six games there this year and has four games left there, including matchups against the Bulldogs and Warriors. But
1: his name is Mitchell
0: Moses. It is, but he's been unbelievable this year. Mm. He's the highest averaging halfback.
1: I did write a preseason article about him, which just so, showed out to so me. So I
0: can't afford him, I can't bring him in, but if I could, I would. Okay. Um, if I'm picking between Cleary and DCE, I'm picking Cleary. Um, Panthers, I think, have a, um, a great run home. He hasn't really kicked into gear at all, yet he's still managing to be pumping out very solid supercoach scores.
1: But you're not buying him for very solid supercoach scores, are you?
0: Well, I am buying him for the upside, and he hasn't had that yet.
1: Yeah, but do you think he will? He's, I think so
0: because the Panthers are in a lot better form now than when he was when he was on the field.
1: But like, big question I have. Even even Lewis day, is looking good. Yeah, well, it's hard not to against the Titans. A, a question that I have is: that, Is he even going to keep goal kicking when he comes back? I think so Maloney so. has been absolutely nailing him. Yeah, I so think why so. would you give it to an injured player? They don't often, player coming back from. Yeah, a, they, an but they don't injury. often do that.
0: They often give it to well, the best kicker.
1: But that's the question mark. I mean,
0: that's that's the risk,
1: um, but. But I think that's a big upside to Cleary's game that without it, mm. he suddenly drops back in the pack. Yeah, but he shits super coach points,
0: a- as does Cherry Evans as well. Yeah, but I couldn't trust Cherry Evans. He just he just relies because he doesn't have that goalkeeping. He just relies too much. Did you watch that game the weekend? A couple of those those crazy Julius, offloads. Yeah, try to so stand, yeah. you know that's the stuff that happens. Anyway, very good player and has um, been good this year. So um, they're probably the three. Um, Sean Johnson. Who knows what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, exactly. we will go 91 week and then get subbed off or hooked by the coach the next.
0: All right, last one, mate. Um, So how many trades will you have post your completed team and when will it be completed?
1: So as of right now, I will have uh, four trades after making the two this week. So I'm, I plan on getting Tommy Turbo in either next week or the week after, to, just depending on how RTS goes. So that'll essentially leave me with two trades for around six six. Five to six game, five to six rounds. So who are you going to be using the other other trade on? Just enough. Need the cash.
0: So you need you needs enough to get. I'll bin
1: the the likes of you know Katoni Stags or or someone that I'm carrying. Do not bin my Stags. (laughs) Your Stags. I'm keeping Morgo in there though. Uh He's going to come good when he's finally able to see straight again. That's a shocking move. No, he's been fantastic. So anyway, for me, I'm carrying that. uh, Can't believe you're still holding on to Mockleman. You never lose. Never lose faith in your loved ones. So anyway, I'll be carrying those two trades for the last five rounds. So they're just for emergencies. Um, I can't be making any luxury trades anymore. So that's for the inevitable suspensions and injuries that come. So I'm the same. So I'll have
0: um, four after this week, and then I'll be making two again next week. And then I will be, uh, have a completed team with depth in, I think, every position, no um, AE issues, um, and then two for the run home.
1: No AE issues. So nope. I have Josh Kerr, Shandor Earl. And some other bloody uh that guy from the Storm, the dual second rower. I've um, got all of these guys in, and they're all playing this week. not? No, no hey, I've got no, I've got none. <laughs> I've, I've got nut. The, the <laughs> only, the only, the only nuff that I'm going to have in my side is um, Milne from the Storm. Yeah. Well, mine's Eisenhuth from the Storm, the one I couldn't think of. So all these players, you think, oh yeah, righto, they're in the sides during Origin, but they'll be gone when all the gun players come back. No, nope, no, nope. suiting up this week, so absolutely zero chance of a. Uh, of using the VC loop and zero chance that I'll get a decent score if one of my players is out late. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Give us your trades. All right, so brought him up earlier. So, Matty Moylan, you are absolutely fired. You have been one of the worst buyers I've ever made in this game. I second that and I'm not a buyer. I brought this guy in after he killed it on his return from injury, thinking this guy's got so much upside. He's playing in a gun shark side. And All it turned out to be was that he was just getting shown up every week by other playmakers in that side. He did absolutely nothing for me. I think he eked out like a 50 in the buy round and then has gone to absolute shit. He's hurt his hamstring yet again. Unfortunate for Matty Morland there, but... Just absolutely did absolutely nothing. And that's been the story of my year. So I bring these guys in when I think they're about to burst and they just go the other way. So it's, yeah, it is what it is. So unfortunately, Moylan, I'm selling him for a huge discount as well, which hurts, but he's gone. And uh, TKO, I know you're firing him as well, but he's going for me. So Moylan and TKO out, bringing in DCE and John Bateman.
0: Nice. So I'm going to be trading out TKO and Masters this week. Um, They're both um, players that I'm not going to be playing or plan to play in my 17 anytime soon. Um, So I'll be nothing TKO and then trading Masters to Mao. Um, And then basically with that cash that will generate for me, I'll be looking to bring in uh, Teddy for RTS next week and then trade Herbert to Bateman. Okay. And that's my completed team.
1: Yeah. uh, Sammy P as well had the same question on on Twitter there. Do we keep... Uh, tucky Aho or, or trade out and i think we're, we're both pretty safe there in, in terms of trading him out i think his minutes have peaked well i think it all depends. well it, it all depends on your team structure mm. so he was the fourth my fourth best front row forward i would not be playing him after seeing what he did last week and I'm, I'm assuming it was uninhibited by his recent concussion but the fact that jake friend came on and it moved victor radley to lock and just kept Takiyahu on the bench for a huge amount of time just means he's, I don't know, you cannot trust him. And then you need to start trusting people at this stage of the year. So yeah, says so he, he, he would be a, a backup and I'd never play. Yeah, if you have someone else that you know, break even to 200, get rid of them. But TKR would not be playing him. Yep. So, so get rid of him. Okay. Well, JT, I
0: think that's it. We've um, I think we've started with a bit of a laugh, moved into <laughs> a bit of a, a dull with the rant, and people, I'm sure people will probably be skipping past that. We've come back with um, some Super Coach focused questions, and uh, and that's it. So let's wrap it up now. We're still clocked in forty five minutes.
1: One quick shout out: uh, the best name that we've had so far on our Twitter questions, Firecrotch. How good? F Y R E. So he asked just before <laughs> uh, whether he can break his cardinal sin, sin of bringing in a player he's already fired this week. So on the topic of, of firing, I don't. I know it's hard to do, and he's talking about Charles Nickel Clockstad here, who's hit a bit of a, a run of form here. Would you ever bring in a, a guy that you've fired earlier in the year? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I would. But it's always the emotion of it. It is the you emotion. you fire right? them, you know you've wasted trade. It is on the emotion, them. but if it's right and it makes you That's feel it. good if it yeah. makes you feel warm inside, then Actually, do it. you know what? Fire crotch, I wouldn't do it. Which means it's a hundred percent absolute lock it in, captain in this week. All right, JT. Nice to talk to you. I'll mate. see you later. Yeehaw.